Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, of course, Stitcher, and now we're on Amazon Music. Amazon Music, and of course, Double Twist has always been around, but <laughs> Amazon Music is now the new one. Thank you for joining me, if anybody joined from that for the first time. That's, uh, that'd be an interesting thing if that happened, but it's probably possible. Great to be on there. Minnesota Vikings continue to play pretty solid football here. Strong defense, just getting, just uh, the rookies getting smarter, getting stronger, all that out there, getting more comfortable in their skin. Minnesota ends up beating Chicago in Chicago, 19-13 to on Monday Night Football. And now Kirk Cousins is 1-9. In uh, Monday Night Football appearances, one and nine, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, which is uh, that's that's great. He's one and nine. <laughs> well, it's better than zero and ten or zero and nine. <laughs> that's about it. It's uh, it's terrific. One and one and nine. But uh, well, he won a Monday Night Football game at age thirty-two. Age thirty-two, he won his first Monday Night Football game. <laughs> yeah, well, the Vikings won the game, and Kirk Cousins played well. He had an unearned interception. It was actually stripped from <laughs> Adam Thielen from the probably one of the best defensive players on the planet, Khalil Mack. Obviously, Chicago Bears, blah, blah, blah. Pass rushing son of a gun who can do a little bit of something else as well. He can apparently strip the ball away from Adam Thielen. That was quite impressive. Thielen did have a good game. Justin Jefferson had a better game. I think we know who our best receiver is, as great as Adam Thielen is. You got your Chris Carter, who was super, super valuable and a great receiver who could be a number one receiver at most teams. But then you had your Randy Moss at the time, in the later stages of Carter's career anyway. And Moss was what he was, just a, a, you know, a, a star. And Justin Jefferson, to me, is a star. Uh, <clears throat> 135 yards on, in the air, so to speak. Did not get in the end zone. Delvin Cook did not get in the end zone either. 96 yards on 30 rushes. 3.2 kind of sled dog, black and blue Monday night football in Chicago type of game. It just was, except for the Justin Jefferson explosion. Even Kyle Rudolph had a very, very solid game. 63 yards. Statistically, he had a solid game, but he did fumble the ball. And his penalty, crappy, bullcrap holding penalty, regardless of what you want to think about it, just the fact that there was a penalty with the referee crew that has actually got the lowest uh, penalties thrown per game this season. Only 10 flags per game so far this season from this uh, referee crew. But it just happened to be on a 32-yard carry by Delvin Cook. So that was kind of depressing. Cook would have had about a... Shoot, he would have had 128 yards just with that one extra run. It would have brought his average way up. Uh, his long for the game, Dalvin's anyway, was 14, which is still only 14 yards per carry, or 14 yards long for the game. Still better than what Chicago did, <laughs> an urban legend, so to speak. 11 yards <laughs> is the longest run in the last couple weeks here, and it was on a fake punt. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting statistic brought up during the course of the evening, during the post-game shows and such. Uh, fascinating stuff. Absolutely crazy, to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> pro football focus. Justin Jefferson had five catches on third downs. Third downs alone had five catches for 102 yards. Wrap your head around that one. That's uh, that's stupendous. Gotta like that. Uh, Anthony Miller had a big play late in the game, which... The Bears hoped could turn into something, but that's about it. That was his only. That was only his second catch of the whole day. Twenty-one yards down the on the field could have made things interesting, but luckily it didn't. 
lots of uh, good things, lots of bad things about this game, but generally speaking, the Vikings greatly outplay the Chicago Bears, mostly because their offense is just complete garbage. Their defense is still very good. That's why the Vikings only managed 19 points in the game, despite being pretty gosh darn efficient, to be quite honest. The ball mostly went to Delvin Cook. Obviously, when you see 30 yards, or excuse me, 30 rushes, you think you'd mix it up with Alexander Madison, but it just wasn't working. I mean, only four yards for a long. That's basically like an average type of a carry for a halfway decent running back. So it just kind of is what it is. Kirk Cousins, extremely efficient. This was his best Monday night game ever. He was jumping for joy late in the game. Hallelujah there, Kirk. And, well, here it is. 300 yards just about. 292, 200. Point seven quarterback rating again dropped down because of the interception. That was, again, it just was a great play by Khalil Mack. Uh, I was taken away from Adam Thielen. It was almost like an intercept, uh, fumble, basically. Almost like a fumble. It was like a steal in, in the NBA. It's more like that than anything else. So, <sighs> it's just the way it goes. It's the way the scorecard works in the National Football League. So, <laughs> it's how it goes sometimes. As grinded out and sled doggish as the game was, and of course it was windy because it's windy everywhere, because it's, I don't know, it's the gales of November, I guess. <laughs> it's windy, super windy in this part of the woods, in this neck of the woods on Saturday evening into Sunday, Sunday the whole day. So, and Chicago's always windy, that's why we call it the Windy City. Uh, you're not going to throw the ball a whole lot. You might get some interceptions, you might get some missed kicks, this and that. Even though run of Ryan Longwell's most memorable kicks was from like 50 plus yards, 55 yards if I remember correctly, to beat the Bears back in the late 2000s, if we can call them that. Exciting win. One of the few wins in Chicago the last 10-15 years for Minnesota. Um, but this was a very nice, solid day. Uh, Nick Foles badly injured. Hard to say exactly what happened. They said it's like a combination of like leg injury and hip injury when he was getting pulled down for a sack late in the game, which did not end the game. The Bears still had a chance, but it was nearing the end of the game, so to speak. They got the injury timeout, did the Bears. DJ Wanham getting a sack in the game. Looks, uh, he's getting better and better. I gotta like what DJ Wanham is doing. Eric Wilson, of course, bringing down Nick Foles as well. And I, again, a painful moment for Nick Foles. I can only imagine, probably out for the season, unfortunately, for Nick Foles, which puts the Bears in a very precarious situation. Uh, they signed Kyle Sloter from the practice squad this past week. Good timing for that, I suppose. So maybe Kyle Sloter will be the quarterback next week for the Bears. Mitchell Zabisky has had a soldier, ah, soldier injury, a shoulder injury, pardon me. And the guy out there last night, well, he, well, Sean Mannion and him might have a nice little rivalry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Tyler Bray, yay. He threw for 18 yards. Actually, he's got a decent arm. He's actually got a decent arm on him, uh, to be quite honest. Good zip on the ball. Not sure what his future NFL is going to be, though. I don't know. At least he has that going for him, though. It, it actually didn't look bad. He's got a better arm than Mannion. I mean, I might have a better arm than Mannion. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that would be funny to watch. Oh, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, he actually had 12 rushes. He was a running back in the game, which is kind of funny. He's kind of obviously one of those versatile guys. He's like a... I don't know what he is, honestly. He's just versatile. He was drafted as a wide receiver. He looks like a wide receiver, but he can play running back. And the Vikings obviously hung on to a small little lead at the end of the half. Chicago was able to kind of, you know, was able to get things closer. A couple of field goals after the Vikings finally scored. And a beautiful play from Adam Thielen, or to Adam Thielen from Kirk Cousins. Beautiful play. Put the ball right where he needed to go in stride. Adam Thielen with a one-handed catch. 
in his chest area. Definitely, yeah, I didn't have to reach up or reach away. Just right on the right on the money, right in the chest, and just kind of tugged it in. Did Adam Thielen for 17 yards, and then Chicago was able to add a couple field goals. Again, the Vikings cleaning to a one-point lead at the half. So there you go. There's your score and score type of thing when it comes to the half. The ultimate curse when you don't receive the ball in the second half, the team is able to score late and then get the ball back, and what happened? What do you think happened? What do you think happened? What do you think happened? It was like the ultimate dream for Cordero Patterson to uh, do to the team that kind of gave up on him, basically, or didn't want to pay him after he had a couple of nice returns when he was with Minnesota. He was probably one of our best special teams aces in the history of the Minnesota Vikings, and what did he do? He returned it to 104 yards. <laughs> what? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. Yes. Bad tackling, this and that. Uh, frustrations here and there. It just goes on and on. The special teams had been struggling so badly the past couple of weeks, and this was just yet another moment for that. I don't know. Mike Zimmer obviously pissed off. I think everybody was. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to lose in Chicago again. Luckily, that would be it. That'd be kind of all she wrote for Chicago. They wouldn't score another point the rest of the game because their offense sucks. And the Vikings' offense is, is well, clearly better. Uh, but, again, the special teams touched on is disastrous. They can change the whole momentum of a game. I mean, what happened in the what happened in the, the Meadowlands 20 years ago? What happened? You know, two fumbles uh, by the Minnesota Vikings kick returner. I can't remember who it was anymore. Two fumbles in a row. Some no-name guy, if I remember correctly. Two fumbles in a row. And then Chicago, uh, New York was able to score touchdowns immediately after that. So they weren't special teams touchdowns, special teams fumbles that led to touchdowns, basically a play after. It was like fumbles at the goal line, if you can imagine how great that feels. Uh, extreme frustration. Extreme frustration indeed, but I don't know, just a fun, entertaining game. You got to see more of a aerial game, surprisingly, despite all the wind and despite the fact that Dallin Cook had 30 rushes. But the Vikings had the ball so long because Chicago's offense is so awful. That's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, nice, nice, solid. Nice, solid overall effort. Obviously, Vikings' uh, offensive line just continues to get better and better and better. You're re- you're beyond respectable now at the right guard position. From You go from probably the worst guard in the NFL, which is just the meanest thing ever to say about Drew Samia, but it's pretty much true. TJ Clemmings years ago, the worst left tackle in the NFL on the Vikings, not even that long ago. And, well, hey, Cleveland looks awesome after a weak start his first game ever, because it was his first game. Very few offensive linemen start out well in their very, very first game. Very, very few, except maybe Brian O'Neill. <laughs> it's been solid ever since. Just a couple of meh games here and there. Um, very freaking few. Uh, I still remember Corey Springer just kind of watching watching his uh, watching his man go right past and sack Warren Moon in his first couple of games. He's just like, okay, I guess I guess I messed up there. <laughs> so, and we all know how great Corey Springer was before his untimely passing in the in the unbelievable heat and humidity in Mankato. Ah, man, he was a hell of a left tackle. He really was. Um, Riley Reef is having an unbelievable season. Obviously, it's a contract year, but he is playing like it's a contract year. He's just awesome this year. Uh, no doubt about it. He's been much better in the pass blocking, but all elite in the run blocking. Cleveland looks outstanding. He's a good run blocker with his speed and all that. Uh, Bradbury just keeps getting better and better. Dozier's respectable. This and then Brian O'Neill's outstanding. He's one of the best uh, right tackles in the NFL. So this offensive line looks good now. Yeah, but again and again, you know, obviously never be comfortable. I would take another guard 
and another tackle possibly if need be, depending on what happens. But obviously another guard for sure. Uh, another tackle maybe for depth, not not super early if need be, because maybe you got Cleveland and uh, Brian O'Neill long term. If you keep Reef and uh, keep Reef for another couple of years and have. Uh, Cleveland stay at the right guard. Maybe it's not the end of the world because uh, he's doing a damn good job. Uh, we actually have good guards for the first time in, like, eons. You know, like going back to the days of, uh, I can't even remember. <laughs> it's, it's going back It's going back to probably the late 90s, I'd have to say. I'd have to say, like, the late 90s when the O-line was awesome. You had Jeff Christie at the center and such. Uh, why am I blanking on who the guards were? I remember Artis Hicks was a decent one for a little while for the Vikes. Uh, he was decent. Um, I'm blanking now in the late 90s. I, I knew all of them so well back then. Cor- Corman Lestina was a decent guard back in the day. Obviously had uh, Todd Stussy and Corey Stringer. Oh, man. Oh, awesome tackles. And then Jeff Christie with an awesome center. Your guards were still solid back then, too, though, if I remember very correctly with that. But uh, it's nice to see. It's nice to see a decent, maybe even above average offensive line, above average offensive line in Minnesota. Yeah, it's happened before. It's just been a while. Osborne continues to struggle. Just kind of a mess out there. Almost fumbled. Very frustrating moment there. Uh, Again, Kyle Rudolph fumbled very early, which is like, here we go. Here we go. It's going to be one of those games in Chicago. Maybe it'll be closed and we'll end up losing 13-7. to One of those meh games where we can't do anything. It's frustrating. Uh, You got to see Colquitt get a couple of touchbacks in the game, including very late. You're hoping for a minimal return because it's like, what, 50 seconds left in the game after the Vikings uh, got to fourth down late, trying to burn the clock down as much as possible. The Bears would get the ball back, of course. And then Colquitt had another touchback. It just kind of rolled into the end zone. It's like, damn it. I think some of the guys in front of him could have helped, though. Uh, He was shaking his head. I don't know if it was at himself or at his teammates there, but two touchbacks for a guy that doesn't get any. That's a bummer. Big bummer for uh, Britton Colquitt. He's just about as good a punter as there is. Not only the average and everything, but it's about placing the ball. Because sometimes the average doesn't matter. If, say, you're like kind of almost at midfield and you don't want to try to, you don't want to attempt a 60-yard field goal, miss it, and then the team takes over right there on the spot. Yes, great field position. That'd be just dumb. You want to pin them back in the five or something. That would be amazing. Uh, but unfortunately, two touchbacks for a guy that doesn't get any. Wow. Uh, he had one of them in the 20. Blah, blah, blah. Harrison Smith, solid game. Oda Nigmo, I thought he had a sack on the play, but I guess not. Again, Eric Wilson and DJ Wanham getting another sack. Harrison Smith, a couple of bad deflected passes. Again, I mean, how excited can you get about our defense versus this ugly, terrible offense? Again, that could only muster an 11-yard long on a fake punt in the last two or three weeks, so to speak. Pretty embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing offense in Chicago. It just kind of is what it is. And obviously their defense is spectacular. Akeem Hicks, great game again. Khalil Mack was just ridiculous because he always is. And most of the others are good too. Kyle Fuller, this and that. But nice to see the Vikings offense come through when when needed. And Justin Jefferson was absolutely spectacular throughout the day. Bailey made both of his kicks and the extra point. No high snap that caused him to miss the extra point because it was not his fault last week when he missed. Uh, nice to see Lamar Miller come back. He had a really bad ACL injury, I suppose. I mean, all ACLs are bad, but maybe his was worse, I guess. And he missed two years. Now he's back in the NFL, playing for the Bears. I remember him with Houston, I think, but definitely with Miami. He's been all over the place. I'm kind of curious where he's been, but uh, very, very familiar name. Nice to see him again. I was like, Lamar Miller? 
He was drafted in 2012. That wasn't that long ago, but I guess, yeah, that would make him about Harrison Smith's age. Yep, about 31. Yep, Miami and Houston. I, I nailed it. So he was with Miami first. Man, my memory is kind of funny. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember him with Houston. Just, you know, just a decent, solid guy who can get you about 1,000 to 1,100 back in the day, and then ultimately usually slightly under 1,000. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know what he would be? He'd be a backup running back in, on a lot of teams, but a very good backup running back at the end of the day. But a fun, solid win for the Minnesota Vikings over the Chicago Bears. Nice to see Kirk Cousins play as well as he did. He was solid. He was confident. And, again, you didn't overall count on him all the time because you have the good, solid running game, but you also have good awesome, good to awesome receivers making big plays when it matters most. Thielen, obviously, is not a perfect receiver, but when he's on his game, he's absolutely spectacular, and he's got that Chris Carter type of hands to him, and he, he adds that athleticism that a lot of people don't give him credit for. And then you have Justin Jefferson, who just, it, it's, it's his footwork, isn't it? He doesn't have, like, he doesn't have, like, Randy Moss speed because there's only one Randy Moss, basically. It's, it's the footwork that he has. The way he's able to catch and turn, and then next thing you know, he's getting around people. But, you know, he doesn't have the Percy Harvin where he's, the Percy Harvin movement where he's trying to be like a Barry Sanders type, you know, like obviously the East-West, East-West. It's hard to explain. It's just like intelligent footwork. It's like a first step kind of thing, almost like basketball in a way. Like right when he catches it, he's just ready to make that move. And it's so subtle, you barely notice it. But that's what makes it so damn good because the defense doesn't notice it. And then next thing you know, there he goes for an extra couple yards. Uh, he had a big 54-yard play down the stretch. Unfortunately, did not get in the end zone. Was But it was a huge play that kind of helped put the game on ice and put him over the century mark. Targeted 10 times in the game. It's really nice to see Justin Jefferson get back into the centuries again and against this Bears defense. But uh, obviously the run defense with Chicago is crazy tough. But uh, the Vikings went right into the gut of it. Cook would have had 128 yards in the game if not for the holding penalty on Kyle Rudolph, as mentioned earlier. But uh, fun. Nice, solid win for Minnesota. You take advantage of a team that's just, you know, got no offense whatsoever. And now, unfortunately, for Foles, that's probably it. At least for this year. Hopefully, uh, speedy and complete recovery for Nick Foles. That, I, I don't know. It's, who knows what, what really happened there. It didn't look good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just one of those kind of plays where, like, a freak injury type of a play. Not Joe Theismann-like or anything crazy like that, but I don't know. I don't know if something broke or he had a he had a tendon detached from his hip. Something crazy like that, because I've heard of that before in the NFL. Ooh. Yeah. Ugh. I hope it's not anything super crazy, but it didn't look too good. It didn't. It looked rough, but happy for Kirk Cousins to finally win a Monday Night Football game in, in, for the first time at age 32, which is pretty ridiculous. But hey, a win's a win, and now we get to play the Dallas Cowboys next week, and they're pretty depleted too. An offense that was elite as recent as last season. Obviously uh, a big mess of a team, but uh, occasionally they play super well. Minnesota should be able to take care of business, I would hope, in U.S. Bank Stadium. Fans are not versus the Cowboys. We'll talk about them and the history with Minnesota and Dallas, which is very rich. It's very rich. 
The Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode is Justin Jefferson. I mean, he, it's just beautiful. You can give it to multiple people. Eric Kendricks was great. You had a scare with him for a minute there. He was down and slow to get up, but he was able to return to the game. BB was able to get a nice first down. We're happy for him. He's not going to get any Fran Tarkington Award for anything. It's funny, BB, you got to see him finally get a first down, and then the next time he got the ball, of course he didn't get it, because he rarely does, but... At least he broke through once. You got the uh, you got a Tyler Conklin sighting. That's good for him. Oh, and a denim and a Rada. Here's where I could get a Christian Ponder Memorial. I called CJ Ham DJ Ham last week. I didn't even realize it. It's just one of those weird mental lapses. It, you know, you know DJ Ham. No, it's CJ Ham. Old Ham on Rye from Duluth, Minnesota. I deeply apologize for that. Those of you that might think I'm just a harebrained idiot, I know who CJ Ham is. It's just sometimes when you're doing a show and you're thinking about multiple things. It comes out wrong, and I apologize for that. Justin Jefferson, though, Fran Tarkington Award winner. Obviously, Kirk Cousins could be as well. Uh, could I give it to him as a co-winner just for finally winning on Monday night and for being so efficient in the game and you know and playing his role well, not trying to do too much? I'll give it to him with Justin Jefferson. Rudolph is going to get a very gentle uh, Christian Conner Memorial, not because uh, obviously he had great numbers in the game. He was He was good, generally speaking, but the fumble is what it is. It's frustrating. Hang on to the damn ball, even though it was kind of a close call. And the holding call, that was another close call. So, I don't know. Again, it's a very gentle Christian Ponder Memorial. But then again, maybe I should just give it to special teams instead. Nah, sorry, Kyle. Kyle, I'll take it away from you. Special teams in general, giving up another touchdown and getting zero, zero return yards in the game. Zero return yards in the game against a team that punted how many times? I mean, five punts. Okay, from Pat O'Donnell there. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> KJ, what the hell's going on? I thought he was better. Right when I complimented him how we finally have some somewhat of a return game, he literally goes down the tank. And again, giving up a special teams touchdown against one of the better that's ever played uh, when it comes to special teams. Number 84 for Chicago uh, in Cordell Patterson. So special teams gets the Christian Ponder Memorial. At the end of the day, Urban Legend is... How the hell does it take so long for Kirk Cousins to f- finally win a Monday night game? I have no idea. And the other one, again, is 11-yard long in three games. And it was a p- uh, fake punt for Chicago. That's the best they could do. Come on, you got Lamar Miller, man. I don't know. It just You could accidentally get a 15-yard run, right, from somebody. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky will beat it when he comes back in a week or two. Wow, that's great. After throwing three interceptions or something (laughs) and completing like 49% of his passes. With that said, we'll take a break. Look at the Dallas Cowboys and across the NFL. I'll try to keep it a little more brief if I can, humanly possible. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. We'll look around the league a little bit, if humanly possible. Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee going back, or much earlier there, on Thursday Night Football on November the 12th. Boy, it seems like a while ago already. 
The Colts crushed the Titans. How about that? They're both now 6-3, and three, so that would put the Colts ahead of the Titans in terms of the uh, <laughs> tiebreaker and such. 34-17, nice win for Indianapolis. They're kind of up and down this year, but generally speaking, they're definitely a playoff team, I'd have to say. Nice, efficient, 300-yard, 105 quarterback rating type of game for Phillip Rivers. And that Colts defense, which frustrated Kirk Cousins and the Vikings several weeks ago, uh, shut down T- Tannehill for the most part. He just didn't have to have a very efficient game, generally speaking. Only 147 yards. Derrick Henry was pretty good on the ground. I mean, about five and a half yards per carry, but unfortunately when you're down by a lot, you can't use your running game as much, though maybe they should have tried a little more. I don't know. Naheem Hines, the main guy right now in Indianapolis, at least for this week. How about that? 70 yards on the ground, almost six yards a carry, and that helped a hell of a lot. Jordan Wilkins helping out a little bit here and there. Generally speaking, though, Naheem Hines, the lead runner now. Again, a guy I like to think is a special teams ace potentially, but yeah, now playing main running back over there in Indianapolis. Each team only traded one sack in the game. Not the most exciting overall night, unless you're a Colts fan, I would have to say, but good to see Naheem Hines getting going. Michael Pittman Jr., 101 yards in the air as well. And even Naheem Hines, 45 yards, over 100 total yards for him. 45 yards and five catches, showing that versatility and got in the end zone. couple of touchdowns for Naheem Hines. Could have been a sneaky, sneaky little fantasy guy last week. Would have helped you win, I got to think. couple of touchdowns. That little extra player, that third or fourth running back on your lineup, might have saved the day for you. Okay, let's talk about some boring football, I suppose. Cleveland and Houston, what the hell was this? It just got weird. Some of the weird play calling, weird decision making. Cleveland wins 10-7 to over a crappy Houston team. Who drops to two and seven? Ten to seven. Ten to seven. Six and three Cleveland, so at least they're hanging on to third place in the AFC North. I gotta think they'll be a playoff team at the end of the day, but boy, oh boy. Cleveland's defense did well with Deshaun Watson for the most part, kept him in check. Baker Mayfield just mediocre at best against the Houston defense that I thought sucked, but sometimes they have some talented players. Duke Johnson was the main running back because David Johnson's hurt again. Again. Duke Johnson, 54 yards on the ground. Not not bad, but nothing special at all. Nothing special, just boring. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt trading for, uh, trading 19 carries each. Both got over the century mark. So kind of Golden Gopher football back in the, uh, kind of like Golden Gopher football back in the uh, Glenn Mason days when you had uh, Marion and uh, Marion Barber. And why am I blanking on the other guy? He'll come back to me in a minute. But uh, Lawrence Maroney, yep, uh, two great uh, great running backs for the Minnesota Gophers years ago. Lots of fun. Kareem Hunt, the goal line guy, Maroney, a little more on the speed side, a little, little bit more, a little bit more, generally speaking. Kareem Hunt definitely got some ability and showing it again. The former Kansas City Chief and, of course, Nick Chubb, the main guy, getting things going and getting the job done. Black and blue football, I guess. It's not that boring if your running backs can both get over 100 yards, I suppose, but only 10 bleeping points. Most teams would lose in that situation. Cleveland wins that one. Detroit and Washington uh, basement ball. Well, Detroit's, they're in last place thanks to Minnesota winning and Chicago having five wins on the season. That's why. Detroit could have been a second place team. Four and five on the year. Second place of four and five. That's cute, but, well, hey, they beat the Washington Golden Gophers. The Redskins, Gophers slash Red Tails, whatever they want to call them, uh, dropped a two and seven on the season. 30 to 27, back and forth type of effort. Washington getting close in the end, but unable to bring home the win. Again, got to think those Washington football team uh, items, like shirts and hats, are going to be collector's items. Then They will be. They will be. It'll just take a while. Those uniforms aren't bad, though. I kind of like the numbers on the helmets. It's super old school, but I suppose it almost looks like a uh, 
college team. Yay. Like the Gophers. Yay. Even though we don't wear numbers on our helmets. Um, Alex Smith, he's back. Alex Smith is alive and well. 400 yards in the air. Nice to see Alex Smith playing again, but I guess that's what helped Washington kind of be in the game. Lots of yards getting spread all over the place, West Coast style, so to speak. Ter- Terry McLaurin with 95 yards in the game. Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, Isaiah Wright, Cam Sims. You know, hey, you know, you know who these guys are. And then you get Steven Sims, too. Yeah, you get Steven Sims, you know. You know who that is, right? Well, maybe you do. Maybe. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 81 yards on the ground. Uh, Hall of Fame watch. Adrian Peterson's not the main running back at the moment. DeAndre Swift is for Detroit. Only 21 yards for Hall of Fame watch. Uh, Adrian Peterson did get five yards to carry. Too bad they didn't give him the ball a little bit more, but so did Swift. Solid, solid game for both of them. I bet Adrian was, like, stewing on the sideline. Now give me the bleeping ball, damn it. It is what it is. Stafford, very, very solid game after getting humiliated by the Vikings last week. Just looked like garbage. Terrible interceptions. No interceptions in this one. Again, you know, like, like I always compare him to Carson Palmer a bit, where Carson Palmer would have these great games, and P- Palmer was a hell of a quarterback, but then he'd follow up with a, you know, a classic 250-yard, one-touchdown, two-interception type of game. He'd always follow up with that after one of these, you know, three touchdowns, 300 yards, quarterback rating like almost 130, games like that. But uh, good for Detroit. They're able to get their fourth win of the season. And yeah, I just blew the uh, NFC North <laughs> roundup in a big way. But it is it is what it is. I almost went to Green Bay next. That's funny. New York Giants. Man, they had a, what is up with the NFC East? God, it sucks. After losing to the New York Giants and dropping to 3-5-1, and one, the Philadelphia Eagles are in first place in the NFC East. Urban legend? Wrap your head around that? I don't know. Well, New York may have blown a chance to get... Uh... <laughs> God, they're in second place. They're in second place in the NFC East at 3-7. and seven. Uh, They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence with a 3-7. <laughs> they're in second place, though, with seven losses. Oh, my God. NFC East, just go away. Can, can we cancel that? No division championship. There's no such thing. You just finished in first place. You didn't win the division because you don't deserve a division championship, whoever you are. 6-10 and ten or 6-9-1 and one, Eagles win the division. And then they watch, and then watch them win their wildcard game. Woo! They won their wildcard game and then got obliterated by whoever. Seattle in the next round by like 41 to nothing or something like that. Oh... But then somebody in Seattle gets hurt or something because uh, they had to screw around with a crappy, weird game and funny stuff happened late in the game. That kind of thing. You know, that kind of thing. You know how that works, right? Like when the Vikings were kind of sort of blowing out Arizona in 98 and John Randall had a hyperextended knee. Like when he wasn't, there's just no business for him being in the game at that point. And that did not help against the Atlanta Falcons two weeks later. It just didn't help. Uh, Yeah. I'm not bitter about that at all, Dennis Green. I'm not bitter at all. Daniel Jones, 300-yard game. 308-yard game. Good for him. Uh, good for him. Solid. And the Giants beat the Eagles. <sighs> Three sacks in the game for each quarterback. Carson Wentz, I, I I don't know. I'm not taking a flyer on Carson Wentz unless it's for, like, nothing. Like, you just pick him up off the street and sign him for, you know, $8 million or, or less. That's how you take a flyer in Carson Wentz. You don't make trades for him or anything like that. You don't give up first-round picks. You don't give up second-round picks for Carson Wentz at this point. I mean, Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz, flip a coin. You know, Carson Wentz was the best or the second-best quarterback coming out of the draft a couple years ago. I don't know what happened. 
I, I can't tell you, but it, it's really sad. He was good, and obviously he had his ACL, but that didn't kill that didn't kill Tom Brady, you know. It really didn't. Uh, it didn't kill other guys either. You know, you can still play. You can still play, especially in this day and age. I mean, Adrian Peterson had, what, 2,000 yards, obviously, the season right after that, uh, and he's still playing. <laughs> that was eight years ago, and he's still playing. I don't know, Carson. I don't know what happened to you, but obviously it's a mental thing. Needs a change of scenery, I'm sure. I can't tell you what happened, but, uh, well, the Giants beat the Eagles, and they're in second place, and they would have a tiebreaker if the two teams finished with the same record. Wrap your head around that. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Tampa Bay got absolutely obliterated last week, 38-3 to by the, at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. Why? I don't know, Tampa Bay. Did you just quit on your team and quit, quit on that game because they brought in, uh, I don't even know, they brought in that receiver. Woohoo! I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to say his name. His name's been mentioned too much. Tom Brady, a little better, slightly better this week. Just a little bit, a little bit better. Antonio Brown, yeah, I said his name, okay. Teddy Bridgewater, not as good as the week before. It was a double fest. It was a double fest, 46-23. to 23. They doubled the Carolina Panthers, who are now 3-7 and seven after, again, crappy first couple games, nice little three-game win streak, and well, now they're 3-7. and seven. That sucks. And again, 46-23. to 23. That's after giving up 38 points to uh, the Saints, and it was kind of like Vikings. It reeked of Vikings versus Giants NFC Championship game. Saints versus uh, Bucks last week on Sunday night. It was unbelievable. I was doing the show, and I kept turning my head, and I'm like, what is happening here? Like, how could Tampa be that bad? You're all entitled to one bad game. But that was so bad. I, how can you take Tampa Bay seriously as a Super Bowl contender after a game like that? I don't know. I, I would like to. Tom Brady, for, at 43 years old, rushed into the, rushed in for a touchdown up the middle. Of course, it was kind of more of a dive play, but still. What's the point, though? What, what are you doing? They're up by nine. There's six minutes remaining. And I don't know. What if he got hurt? I, I don't understand that. And then he's still in the game after that, too. He threw it to Rob Gronkowski after the Bucks got the ball right back to finish the the uh, Panthers off. I don't know. Nice to see Bridgewater rush up the middle for a touchdown. Um, but, hey, <laughs> fun fun game, I guess, for the Bucks. Obviously, 341 yards for Brady. Three touchdowns, very efficient day. No interceptions. Bridgewater had one and just did not have a good game, unfortunately. Tampa Bay's defense showed up to play a little bit in this one. Ronald Jones exploded for 98 yards. Good for him, despite having a fumble. Almost 200 yards in the entire game. Basically doubled his yardage on one play, just taking the ball from his own goal line and exploding down the field. That was pretty cool, up the middle. Nice, nice job by Ronald Jones. And, uh, well, Bucks win, Bucks win. <laughs> Las Vegas, get them chips going. Let's let's start let's start clinking them chips on the table or whatever the theme is. They're 6-3! and three. Hey, time to start betting on the Vegas Raiders even though Denver's just kind of like a I don't, I, I won't call them a dumpster fire. I don't know what they are. They're weird. They're weird. They're I don't know what they are. They're just one of those meh teams that wins once in a while and usually doesn't win because I don't know who the hell the Denver Broncos are other than Drew Locke, of course, but he had four interceptions in the game and neither quarterback really did Jack bleep in the game. It was all the running game, folks. We're going old school, baby. We're going old school again. Four rushing touchdowns for the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs, two. 
Devontae Booker, two, good job, man. About 200 yards rushing for those guys. Even Derek Carr joined in the fray with 10 yards and four rushes. That's cute. Uh, but the running game just whooped ass on this Denver team, and they used to have a good run defense, and they don't anymore. I don't know who the hell the Broncos are. They're just a, they just they have some decent players, of course. Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, I just love that name. Noah Fant, who was you know thought of as a decent tight end coming into the draft a couple of years back. Drew Locke, thought of as a good quarterback, and some of us still do believe he could be. But he didn't have a good game here. Basically, as imperfect a game as you can get, other than the one touchdown he was able to throw. Vegas just all over Denver. The old bitter rivals, old bitter rivals in that. <laughs> in that AFC West. 6-3. and three. How about them Raiders? They're, they're moving up into the postseason. They are a legitimate postseason club. Miami Dolphins are too. The uh, electricity did not... <laughs> the lightning did not uh, electrocute the Dolphins. Okay, that's cute. 6-3 and three record, though. How about the Dolphins? 29-21. to 21. Nice to see uh, two uh, continuing things in the right direction. And, of course, Justin Her- Herbert, obviously... Got a nice future for the San Diego Chargers. Both quarterbacks, two touchdown passes in the game. Nobody majorly stood out except for Selvin Ahmed with uh, <laughs> Ahmed, right? With 85 yards in, uh, on the ground and a touchdown. Good for him. Calvin Ballage. Calvin Ballage with an 11 yard long. So he's a Chicago Bears offense type. At least he got 11 yards, though. He tied them the last three weeks. Good for him. Keenan Allen, not a whole lot going on. Uh, neither quarterback was spectacular, but they were okay. You know, they're solid, uh, young, getting going, and Miami's 6-3. and three. Good for them. How about the Dolphins? How about them Dolphins knocking on the door? There's a lot of teams with... Th- there's, there's three teams, 6-3, and three, that I just went over, right? Denver, or excuse me, Denver, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland 6-3. and three. Las Vegas 6-3. and three. Miami 6-3. and three. There may be a little competition there, and we'll see what happens. Buffalo Bills could not beat Arizona. How about that? Arizona is in first place in the NFC West. You know, a division that houses the <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. They're in first place. The Arizona Cardinals are in first place. How about that? Larry Fitzgerald was there last time. They were a first place type of team. And the year they went to the Super Bowl, they weren't even a first place team. And they still went to the Super Bowl. Actually, no, they did win the division. It was just a crappy division. That's right. That's right. That's why they had home field over the... Uh, Six-seeded Philadelphia Eagles, if I remember correctly. Unless they were the fifth seed. I'm, I don't know. It's 12 years ago. First year I started doing podcasts, 2008. They beat Buffalo, though. How about that? They beat Buffalo 32-30. to 30. Wow. Buffalo drops to 7-3. and three. Drops to 7-3. and three. Hopefully Buffalo can get things going again, though. I want to see them uh, keep, keep winning. Sorry, I'm hearing some annoying sounds in the background, but it is what it is. Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, back and forth type of game. Multiple turnovers for Josh Allen. That did not help the cause for the Buffalo Bills. Cole Beasley, 109 yards in the air. Stephon Diggs, 93. Stephon Diggs watched both of those guys getting a touchdown from Josh Allen. Good for him. And DeAndre Hopkins exploding as well. 127 in the air. Good for him. And again, a touchdown. Kyler Murray, solid enough. And how about them? How about them, uh, Arizona Cardinals, absolutely awesome. Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake, again, they don't need any Justin Johnson, do they? Kenyon Drake, 100 yards. Kyler Murray, 61, that's your quarterback, of course, and 56 yards for your second running back, Chase Edmonds. They don't need, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, I'm gonna, I, I bring that up every week because Arizona just, boy, they did a good job there. They really did. 
Los Angeles Rams in Seattle loses back-to-back weeks and drops to third place in the NFC West. Los Angeles Rams are in second. And what what what's the record? Tell tell me what the record is. What what's the record? Six and three. What's going on with six and three? Is this the devil or something? Three sixes? I don't know. Is you had three three and six with uh, Denver too? Hmm. I don't know. The Rams beat the Seattle Seahawks though. How about that? Seahawks lose two in a row after starting the season six and one. They're one of the last undefeated teams. And uh, now Pittsburgh just keeps rolling, but we'll... Ah, Pittsburgh, whatever. <laughs> Jared Goff, a decent game. Didn't throw for any touchdowns. It didn't throw any interceptions either. Russell Wilson stymied by this Los Angeles Rams defense, which at times can be damn good. At times it's damn good. Their offense was exciting a couple of years ago, if you remember correctly. The year they actually went to the Super Bowl and the year before that. Very, very exciting offense. But, um... Very exciting offense, I'll say again. But uh, not so much lately. Just kind of more of a solid, old school... I, I wouldn't even call it, no. They're obviously not old school. Obviously not. But they're kind of like a better Bears. Good defense and solid and decent, okay offense now uh, for Los Angeles. Jared Goff, certainly not a number one overall pick type of guy. Russell Wilson is, and he didn't go in the first round. He went in the second round. He ran for 60 yards, did Russell Wilson. 60 yards, uh, did Russell Wilson, but threw a couple of interceptions. And again, that defense stymied. A Seattle offense that's dropping off. So much for Seattle uh, having the number one seed in the NFC. They, they don't even have the first place, uh, they don't even have a first place record in the NFC West. How about that? Arizona, Los Angeles pushing Seattle to third. Pushing Seattle to third. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like it. You know, I, I, I kind of do. I, yeah, I, I don't like the Seahawks, if you hadn't noticed. I like the Seattle Kraken, maybe. We'll see how long that lasts, because it's the same freaking colors. What's up with this? Why does it always have to be navy blue and that cute little sky blue? You know, it's not ugly colors. It's just that it's the same thing over and over. I know Seattle Mariners, Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Kraken. You get a new team, brand new hockey team with a cool name, and you look just like the Seattle Mariners, which we've seen the same gosh darn Mickey freaking jerseys since Ken Griffey Jr. was in his prime. That's a long time ago. Come on, man. Come on, man. Okay, New Orleans Saints win again. Ugh. Ugh. San Francisco is now the last place team. The NFC champion, San, San Francisco 49ers. They're the only team with a losing record in the NFC West. Four and six. New Orleans Saints are seven and two. Uh, New Orleans Saints are seven and two. Uh, you can tell I'm thrilled about that. And they beat the freaking Bucks twice. They swept the Bucks. So, so much for the Bucks having a top seed. Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard, pick your poison. They both suck. They both suck. Drew Brees banged up and hurt, and Jameis Winston got in the game, and the Saints beat the 49ers 27-13 in a game that, I don't know who played quarterback in this one. Uh, Jameis Winston, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, and Drew Brees played for a couple of minutes. He got banged up. I guess he's got multiple broken ribs. Jarek McKinnon ran for 33 yards and 18 rushes. 33 yards and 18 rushes. Good for 1.8 a carry. That's great. That's, that's great. Man, what happened to Derek McGinnon? You know, remember when he was good? Yeah, Elvin Kamara ran for 83 yards. We're happy for you. But on only seven carries, though. So 12 yards a carry and a touchdown. Pretty awesome. Oh, that was his receiving. I'm losing my mind. Kamara only ran for 15 yards. That's crazy. That's really crazy. So good up the middle, but bad, generally speaking, defensively in the air in San Francisco. Not as good of a secondary anymore. I don't 
feel too bad, though, because I hate Richard Sherman. <laughs> Latavius Murray, very solid game for him. And, of course, he's got that high IQ. Everybody loves that, um, generally speaking. And Will Lutz continues to do his thing. One of the cooler guys in the NFL. Robbie Gold, the former Bear, going back 12, 15 years. Kicking for the San Francisco 49ers and no ring last year. I'm sorry, Robbie. I was cheering for you. Believe me, I was. I, I don't want Kansas City to win because you know they're just going to keep winning. Did Pittsburgh win? Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. Who do you think won that game? Raise your hand. Who who won? Let's see. Who was that? Yes, Chris Porter. Yes, Chris Porter, if you happen to be listening out of Idaho. Pittsburgh won. Yes, Chris Yes, Chris loves the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're 9-0. And, uh, okay, they're 9-0. Maybe they are going to be 15-1 and or something and then, and then lose in the first round or second round, so to speak. But like they did years ago, and then they won the Super Bowl the next year, unlike the frickin' Vikings. 15-1 and and then... Couldn't get, uh, couldn't then got leveled by the Rams the next year in the second round after we beat a crappy Cowboy team. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. Schuster, Claypool, blah, blah, blah. It's a nice receiving core, isn't it? And again, the fact that Roethlisberger's healthy. I mean, they just whooped up on the Cincinnati team. And uh, what, what else can you say? Pittsburgh whooped up on Cincinnati. Burroughs still going through the growing pains, but you can see promise. You actually do see something there. T. Higgins with 115 yards in the air and a touchdown. Good for him for Cincy. But that's it. That's the only positive side for Cincy. Pittsburgh, look at that defense. Mm-mm-mm. Multiple sacks for TJ Watt. Good for him. Brad Dupree with a sack. Robert Spillan with a sack. Robert Spillan with a sack. Boswell made all of his kicks. 12 total points for him. The kicker for Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're 8-9-0 and on the season. Son of a biscuit, huh? And what happened? What happened? What happened, Baltimore? Nasty weather. Just like the nasty weather we had on Saturday, they had nasty weather in <clears throat> Baltimore, or no, in New England, Boston area, so to speak, in New England. Yeah, well, in the Massachusetts area there, 23-17. to 17. Nasty. Just that thick mist that turned into actually, like, legitimate rain the whole game. It looked like crap. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people calling, a lot of people starting to turn on Lamar Jackson. They think he's overrated, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. I think he's really good. And he's going through some growing pains and some frustrations. Cam Newton was adequate, but nothing special. They relied a bit on the running game, and they sure as hell did. Damian Harris averaged five and a half yards a carry with 121 yards. Solid, solid game for him. And New England was just the better team the whole game. The whole game. They were just a little better. And that's nice. That's very nice. Nick Folk, the kicker. Justin Tucker for... Baltimore. Baltimore losing again, though. It's like back-to-back weeks, if I remember correctly. Now they're 6-3. and three. That's that same number again. Everybody's 6-3 and three now, except the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, nasty-ass weather, especially at the end of that game. Which probably added to uh, people like Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh's uh, seething at the moment. Because when it rains and you're already in a rotten mood, it just makes you, makes you want to smash everything in sight. Green Bay versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dallas Cowboys did not play so there's no game to talk about with the Dallas Cowboys to, uh, for this week. Green Bay Packers first play, 7-2. and two. They're just like the Saints. So it looks like Green Bay and New Orleans right now are vying for the top record in the NFC. It's exciting. Jacksonville drops to 1-8 and eight after winning their season opener. They just continue to stink. I don't know who's really there. Rodgers doesn't really look all that great, though. And Breeze is banged up, so who knows what's going to happen with that. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who almost exploded against the Vikings, but he did explode against Jacksonville for 149 yards, 78 yards also for a long, and Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in football, 66 yards. 
at the end of the day. But generally speaking, Green Bay barely beat a crappy team. So even though they're 7-2 and two right now, it's probably not going to last. Uh, yes, they beat up on, was it Houston last week? I think it was Houston. Just whooped them, tore them to pieces after getting torn apart by the Vikings. And then barely beats oh, barely beat the uh, <laughs> possibly the next team for uh, your favorite quarterback in the draft coming up with a one and eight record. That's Jacksonville Jaguars. The only other team that's worse is the Jets. But uh, Jacksonville and New York are probably both going to get the top quarterbacks in the draft, in my opinion, barring some type of strange uh, happenings. Packers, though, at the moment, fine for that number one seed in the NFC with the New Orleans Saints since there's only one uh, buy now, at least at this current time. Oh boy, let's look at the Cowboys for a bit and get moving on to that. And of course, this one will be with the second group. So second group, 325, at least as of now. You never know how things change. Who, who knows? COVID this or weather that. You know, maybe, uh, who knows? Well, there, there won't be any hurricane in Minnesota. At least I would hope, and it's indoors. So that's the good part in U.S. Bank Stadium. On Fox, blah, 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 325, second half group. Dallas Cowboys lead the all-time series, which is interesting, I suppose, because yeah, the Cowboys did beat the Vikings a couple times recently. They were kind of good a couple times. A couple times. This is actually backwards. It's not the way I like to have this set up. So if I can switch this around. It's on the Cowboys side, but the Cowboys do lead the series all-time. Uh, I want to go with the Vikings. I had this set up properly. And, no, it's not where I wanted. Uh, this is the football database. The football database. Overall, this is not doing what I want. It's making me mad right now. Okay, let's go to... <laughs> I thought I had this fixed. But I don't. So we'll go there. To Minnesota. Uh, yeah, but the Cowboys do lead the all-time series. And we blew them out in the playoffs. We've seen them beat the Cowboys multiple times in the playoffs. We've also seen the Vikings lose to the uh, Cowboys in the postseason back in 96. Uh, of course, in the uh, January 97 at the time. It's been a pretty tight series, believe it or not. Of course, in the 90s, things were pretty rough all time. Minnesota very recently beat uh, the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. It was a very rare win for uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Very rare, uh, rare win. And a very rare win for Minnesota in general on night games, including when we were good. We still couldn't win at night with Brett frickin' Favre at quarterback in 2009. Brett Favre was a quarterback in 2010, but we sucked that year, uh, generally speaking. Uh, so we played each other, what, 29? Uh, excuse me, 31 times. How could I be that dumb? The, the history started all the way back at the beginning, back in 61. But, of course, we were not in the same division. That's why we didn't play each other as much. Cowboys beat the Vikings 21-7. to we played each other twice, though, that year. That's interesting. Maybe we were in the same division or just because it's a small world after all. The Cowboys shut the Vikings out 28-0. Ooh, that's bad. 21-7 and 28-0. Oh, and the old Mets. The old Mets. Vikings lost the Cowboys uh, to the Cowboys the first four games ever. We beat the Cowboys for the first time in 1970. 54-13. It's like, okay, we're tired of you guys. Kablooey. We're happy for you. And then a playoff game, the Vikings lost to the Cowboys in 71. <laughs> That's great. On Christmas Day, Merry Christmas, Minnesota. Don't you just love the way Minnesota teams highlight uh, our holidays? Whatever it is, it's Christmas, Thanksgiving. Sometimes we do, but the big ones, when it's a playoff game, it's always like, here you go. 
Yeah, Vikings have definitely have outscored the Cowboys seven twelve to six seventy nine overall. Again, the football database, or it's www.footballdb.com to look up this kind of stuff. It's fun. Always give them a shout out, and they deserve it because this is nice to have. So again, we lost to the Cowboys in the playoffs that year, and we beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game in seventy three. So that's good. We actually won an NFC Championship game over the Cowboys because, and that was on the road. Very impressive. Very impressive. And then we lost to the Steelers. Cowboys and Steelers have met each other a couple times in the Super Bowl. Steelers won in the old days, and then the Cowboys won in 95. Yuck. 95 season, but 96. Yeah, you get the idea. Playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. 74. Vikings inch, uh, edge packs the Cowboys the next year. We're happy for them. Um, 73. Was that this? That was the Dolphins year. So that's when we lost to Miami. And then the next year, we beat the Cowboys again by a little bit, 23-21. to 21. Cowboys were already pretty good by then. Uh, Stahlbach and all those guys. Um, yep, hell of a hell of a era there. That's when the Cowboys were actually kind of likable until 1975. We'll talk about that later in a couple seconds here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yay, and then we lost to the Steelers. That's great. We got to the Super Bowl, but lost. That's the problem. We lost. Cowboys. Got to the Super Bowl because they beat the Vikings in the <laughs> divisional round game. Vikings, well, you know, as we complained about the push-off, you could score a couple more points, though, right? It's only 14 points. Come on, protect home field, guys. Be a little more exciting. I'm sure it was a cold day on December 28th, and it was cold after that, let me tell you. And the referee had a very damaged face after getting hit in the face with a glass beer bottle after not, I repeat, not calling pass interference offensive on Drew Pearson on a play that ended up giving the Cowboys the win and sending them to the NFC title game and ultimately an easy victory over a terrible uh, Denver team. Not terrible, but like an, an inappropriate uh, inappropriate matchup, so to speak. Like they weren't up to the Cowboys' standards. The Vikings would have beaten Denver in the Super Bowl in 75. The whole planet knows that. And the Vikings had their best team ever, according to a lot of people. Gophers, the same year, had maybe their best team. Gopher hockey, when I'm talking about Gophers. Had their had a similar situation there, and then they lost the championship game. Like a lot of things went bad. Maybe they didn't get some calls their way. So that's when Minnesota teams uh, go back to hating the refs again. What happened in '77? Vikings lost in overtime, and we lost a playoff game in uh, New Year's Day. Happy, happy, uh, a happy New Year's Day there again to Minnesota fans in the NFC Championship game. We got to the NFC Championship game in '78. '77 uh, led. Uh, that must have been with. Uh, that must have been with Tommy Kramer at quarterback because that was the year Trent Tarkenton broke his leg, 77, and then that year, 78, he came back and had one final mass season because he was super old. Kind of back and forth, back and forth throughout the 80s and the late 70s and the 80s, back and forth games, including a 44-38 to exciting win in 87. That was when the Vikings were on their run, ultimately. Not in the postseason in this case. That was when the Vikings were improving their record and ultimately got to the NFC title game only to lose in heartbreak. 88, the Vikings killed the Cowboys because they got, they were, this is when they were really bad and we made the trade for Herschel Walker. Cowboys were bad and then they had a million draft picks and they finished 1 in 15 one of those years and uh, they got like a million offensive linemen and other good players, including Emmett Smith and won three Super Bowls in the 90s. <laughs> it's great. 93, Cowboys beat the Vikings pretty bad uh, en route to their second straight Super Bowl, which made me real happy. 37 20, just a meh, frustrating game. 1995, we played the Cowboys, lost to them again. 
in September 17th, 23-17, a very good game, but ended up not going the Vikings' way. Cowboys beat us in the playoffs uh, the next year. Oh, that wasn't in January. That was in uh, that was in December still. Playoff game in December still. Cool. 40-15, to 15, an absolute pummeling. And Ontario, uh, what was his name? Uh, what was his name? Thomas. The uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Orlando Thomas. That's what it was. Torres ACL during that game as well. That was sucky. That was sad. 98, the Vikings had a very dramatic, fun, fun Thanksgiving day that was had about 400 penalties in it. And Randy Moss caught the ball three times and ran into the end zone three times, which I think Justin Jefferson's headed towards doing plays like that where you catch it and run rather than just an explosive play where you've already beaten the guy. But, uh, yeah, kind of that's more what I see Justin Jefferson as. Very exciting day. Very fun. A lot of people thought the Vikings were going to win the Super Bowl at that point, and ultimately we didn't. Vikings beat the Cowboys 27-17 and 99 in the regular season and then beat them in the playoffs pretty easily. Uh, about a month later, two two months later, and ultimately got pummeled by the uh, no, yeah, got pummeled by the Rams the next week. That was exciting. Haven't played the Cowboys in the playoffs since, and we won five games in a row in that stretch. That was kind of cool. Thirty-five, seventeen. Yep, that was in. Uh, Culpepper threw for five touchdown passes. That was awesome. That was awesome. On uh, route to an MVP season. Cowboys beat the Vikings in 07. That was with Tony Romo. Remember that one? Cowboys were pretty good that year, if I remember correctly. I think they were thirteen and three or fourteen and two, but then lost right away to the Giants and route to their Super Bowl championship. <laughs> Woohoo! Easy, easy win in twenty ten. But of course, they lost their left tackle. Did the Cowboys? That did not help. That's when Jared Allen went crazy on uh, Tony Romo and the Cowboys thirty four to three win for Minnesota. Another playoff game there. Minnesota over Dallas again in the postseason, which felt good. Vikings barely beat the Cowboys the next year, 24-21, to in a pretty crappy season. But Favre at the quarterback again, woohoo. <laughs> 27-23, Cowboys over the Vikings. I believe Romo was still playing at that stage. Yes, he was. Barely beat the Vikings. And then, oh, 2016, the Vikings had the Cowboys beat the whole game. The whole game. This is when the Cowboys had another great record. I think 13-3 and again. And I remember that was the year the Packers knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs really early. Having a great season. The Vikings just couldn't beat the Cowboys. That was after the Vikings had just lost to the Eagles, if I remember correctly. No, this is much later in the season. Vikings were still trying to hang on, make the playoffs, and we just did not. And very exciting Sunday night football game last season, November the 10th, 28-24. So now we get the afternoon game coming up. Dallas Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. Well... I don't know, man. It's not working out. They get they have good passing yards total as the uh, for the season, but that's because Dak Prescott was the quarterback. Now you're getting a guy named Garrett Gilbert because Andy Dalton hasn't been the quarterback either. Will it be Dalton? Will it be Gilbert? Will it matter? I don't know. Dalton's actually had some decent seasons. Zeke Elliott's been good and all that. 502 yards. He has his moments. Amari Cooper's dangerous. CD Lamb. CD Lamb is the other. Uh, you know, he's the other guy that was up there for a lot of people between him and Justin Jefferson. Lots of good receivers in the draft this past season. That'll be cool. Trevon Diggs, the brother of Stefan Diggs. Stefan, Stefan and Trevon, two interceptions, playing at safety for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Trevon, I thought you were going to be on a good team. Didn't you think you were going to be? He's second on the team in tackles, way behind Jalen Smith, though, with 89. Linebacker, of course. Alden Smith with five sacks on the season, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know why I'm going over all these stats. 
there's no reason why the Vikings shouldn't beat this team. They're, they're a mess. Uh, it's not working out with McCarthy. I doubt they're going to fire him right away. But I don't know. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, the Vikings contained him really well last year. I don't expect the Vikings to get whooped up by him this year. I really don't. Uh, they had a respectable recent game against Pittsburgh. Very respectable, actually. 24-19. to It was a home game for the Cowboys, and they went on their bye week. Maybe we'll see Andy Dalton play. I don't know. Does it matter? Who knows? Uh, Gilbert, nothing there. The Vikings' pass defense and pass rush continues on the trend they've been on. There's no reason why the Vikings shouldn't beat this Cowboys team. They're just, they're, they're a mess. They don't, they don't, they're not getting along, I'm sure. And Brett, and Brett McCarthy, did I just call him Brett McCarthy? Mike McCarthy. I apologize, Brett McCarthy, if you happen to be listening. Please forgive me for that. Yeah, uh, Ben Roethlisberger passed all over that Cowboys team in that game. 306 yards, no interceptions and all that. There's just no reason. I expect Kirk Cousins to have another solid game. I think he's going to get, he might get to 300 yards. Justin Jefferson's going to get uh, the century mark again. I do expect our friend, well, they actually have a decent run defense, don't they? Do the uh, Cowboys. It, it's decent. Their run's defense is decent, so I expect more of a more of an aerial game, but you'll, you'll see Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook did very well against the Bears, though. Almost 100 yards against the Bears. You can run against anybody. To be quite honest, that's one of the best front sevens in the NFL, if not the best. Uh, it's the only thing holding that team together, to be quite honest. Uh, their offense rivals the Cowboys right now. But again, as awful as the Cowboys quarterback situation is, look at their receivers, though. I mean, you have like at least three, CeeDee Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup, who are elite. Even Dalton Schultz is a decent uh, player as well. Um, that's the one thing, but the Vikings secondary, I have a lot of faith in them right now. I think the Vikings get to 500, 5-5. Five I think so. There's just no reason why Kirk Cousins shouldn't have a decent game. Justin Jefferson shouldn't have another one of his 100-plus yard games at the end of the day. And there's just no reason for me to believe the Vikings can't beat the Dallas Cowboys next week. Will it be super high scoring? I I don't know. The the Cowboys' defense is okay. It's just their offense sucks. It'll be kind of like a higher scoring version of what we saw with Chicago. Their defense is okay. They just don't have a quarterback to get them the ball. If, if they did, it'd be a tough game. It'd be a tough game if, say, if Dak Prescott was healthy or somebody else was their quarterback. Who knows? Some other good quarterback. You know, <laughs> who knows? Maybe Kirk Cousins. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I think the Vikings win the game. Something along the likes of, let's go with 28, 28 to 20. No, 28 to 17. Minnesota will beat the Dallas Cowboys by 11 points. So whatever the point spread is, I think the Vikings will cover. That's all I'm saying. Now, don't. Don't bet on what I'm saying, okay? Don't get mad at me if you lose money. If the Cowboys get the game within 7 or 10 or something like that. Uh, but I'll go 28-17. 20, uh, Minnesota beats the Cowboys pretty soundly at home. I'd be surprised even if they score 17 against the Vikings defense. But, well, they scored against Pittsburgh for some reason. And, again, they have really good receivers. So something could happen. I mean, something's going to click here and there, especially if Dalton's the quarterback. They'll at least have a shot. Uh, but Vikings win and get to 5-5 five and five at the end of the day. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we'll hear from Mad Martin making his mad return to Purple Mafia. Let's go, Joey. It's Monday, uh, so we got... Primetime Monday Night Football for the Purple. Oh dear. I remember too many of these where we have just laid an egg. Well, we're in Chicago and, as you've said, 
we don't win there very often. Um, again, as you said on the podcast, there isn't a great deal of home field advantage, but it's outside, it's on turf, and this team never really shows up, does it? Um, again, looking at what we've got coming up tonight, I, I think we might be in for a snooze fest. This could be an extremely low-scoring game. You've got the Bears' offence that doesn't seem to be able to do very much at all. Uh, I hear that Nege is... Um, no longer play calling, so that might be a difference. Um, but equally, I think it's going to come down to two teams that aren't going to score many points. You've got a very, very good Bears D, and I think they will do their damnedest to stop Captain Cookie from uh, getting a lot of yardage. And if that's the case, this really is going to fall on Cousins, isn't it? Uh, prime time, 0 and 9. I hope to call Tuesday morning we're not 0 and 10 in prime time for Mr. Cousins, but um, it, it's it's a challenge, isn't it? You know what what gets me? Um, I understand why Kubrick's probably done what he's done at the bye by basically putting uh, training wheels on Cousins and uh, trying to contain him from the, the serious number of errors that he made before the bye. I guess they don't have a great deal of faith in his ability, perhaps. Um, but bringing Cook in, yeah, he's had two fantastic games, but it just reminds me of 2012 where AP went on that uh, blistering season and won the MVP. Uh, and yeah, we backed into the playoffs and we're one and done. Um, I'd rather we were like 1998. You know, we, we had not that competent a quarterback that year, but we had Randy Moss, who was exceptional. And I think we have a talent in Jefferson that's very similar. So if they can't get Cook going, and I'm not optimistic, then I think they need to throw the ball down the field and let Jefferson make plays, give him the keys. You know, you have two two thoroughbreds in the stables, and at the moment we're using one of them, and we're flogging that that one to death, and the other one's just gently cantering around the field, munching on the uh, the beautiful grass. So it could be a case tonight that uh, they need to get back into the passing game. And um, you've got to hope to God that uh, the O-line can actually pass, protect and give uh, Cousins that opportunity. Um, Anyway, Joey, I've said enough. Skull brothers and sisters, let's hope tonight is a glorious victory. Wow, you you nailed that. Wow. (laughs) Dave Martin, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, the king of Twitter, and of course, awesome, awesome audio submission once again. Always love hearing from you. Uh, wow, you absolutely nailed it. Like going to the aerial battle, this and that, and offensive line pass protection. Hey, it, you nailed it, and everything happened that the Vikings needed to win the game that you described. And <laughs> wow, I was going to ask you, was that a post-game call or a pre-game call, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a pre-game call, and I mean, wow, of course, the timing, yeah, that was probably it'd probably be hard for you to uh, do a post game because of the timing there in Northern Scotland would be late, but definitely a positive, positive game for Minnesota. You really nailed that and loved what you had to say there. Let's get to the Twitter and hear what else he has to say. Okay, first, also again, can uh, also again we got the uh, the retweets Gerald String and four others. See who else looks like Gerald String, Malcolm McSween, Northern Scotland, Gerald String out of Nebraska. And Vinrock Vince Germano out of Australia. Lee out of 
Iowa retweeting Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Thank you guys so much for that. Thank you so, so much for retweeting the most recent episode. 327. 327. I'm going to probably start putting those on the feed again. It's like, it's not like it really hurts the show. Almost everybody does it, putting the number on there. 327. 12 years, only 327. It's kind of funny because I tend to shut down during the course of the summer and the off season. But I'll, I'll have a show maybe once a month in those cases. Sometimes I get busy in the summer and all that. Uh, Sam Gupta also liked it out of California. He has something to say coming up. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, listening to Purple Mafia to start my work day today on November 11th. And again, happy veterans to everybody other that served for this country. I haven't posted that on Facebook. But yeah, thank you so much, Tanae. That's a cool picture there with that big, big machine there. He works in construction. Works his butt off and does a great job. And a lot of people like that that post. Really cool. Looks like nice, nice, beautiful sky there as well. Tanae Brown, love, love hearing from the guy. and He's a Pearl Mafia Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Continue to move upward. Yep, even Phil Mackey liked a tweet. I was telling him I'm with him. I'm not a fan of stoner movies either. It would drive me insane to have friends like that. Like the characters in a stoner movie. That was on Friday uh, last week. They do uh, on uh, Score North, uh, Mackey and Judd show. They talk about... Uh, action movies on Fridays. It's kind of fun. You know, they throw it in there. That's not their main topic, obviously. And then, yep, there it is. Purple Mafia is now on Amazon, along with Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, uh, Showtime and T-Wolves they put up there. And also, Freedom of Thought now is on. Freedom of Thought, it's political. So if you're, let's just say, uh, not left of center, you'll like it. We'll just say that. It's a cool show. I mean, I'm not going to get too hard on you. Either way, if you want to hear it, it's fine. It's cool. But just saying, Freedom of Thought now is also on iTunes. I think I put that one on Amazon. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. I had to have. But no, thank you so much. Mad Martin says, if you're a Vikings fan, one of the best podcasts out there, Skull Brother. Thank you so much, Mad Martin. I'm sorry I didn't respond, but I did hear, I guess. They do a good job with that Amazon one. It looks pretty cool. Nice looking interface. So Amazon Music is another way to get on board. Most of your Android phones, at least Android, but I'm sure Apple has the same app. But Android, it's like, boom, already kind of built onto the phone for most of them. At least for this uh, Note 10 that I have. I'm a Samsung Note guy. Danae Brown and Malcolm McSween also retweeting that same post there. Thank you guys so very much. And Sam Gupta out of California says, for anyone looking for a good Vikings podcast, check out Purple Mafia. And I was saying I really appreciate that. He says, you're welcome, Skull Brother. And uh, thank you so much. You're awesome, man. Lee Albertson also retweeting that one. Purple Mafia. Mad Martin says, surprised. Surprised by the good start? Yep. Oh, yeah, that must have been the voice text there. It kind of messed it up. <laughs> oh, that's annoying, isn't it? It's uh, These people, it's, it shows surprised my the hood start. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a stupid, stupid voice text. I, I, I know it, believe me. Uh, and then much later, because obviously he probably had to go to sleep at some point, 10 hours later he says, well, that was enjoyable. What surprised me was the balanced O last, uh, o last night. We might have a legit chance of the playoffs. And I, I, I think so, too. They absolutely look like a playoff team. Yes, we're beating up on not-so-good teams, but we also beat up on a 7-2 first-place number-one seed Green Bay Packers team in their house. We also beat the crap out of them. So, yes, really good thoughts there, Mad Martin. You're definitely a star candidate on this show. No question about a lot of you. Yeah, man, Sam Gupta, all you guys, thank you so much. Tanae Brown, great, 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 great interaction on Twitter. That was awesome. At Purple Mafia Show for the Twitter account. Let's move now to Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So we got the Vikings and the Bears. There's the Amazon. Not sure if there's any comments. There's a share. Thank you for thank you for whoever did that. 
Uh, yep. Oh, yeah. The Vikings released Pat Elfline, and I talked about. Yep, I talked about the. The uh, I talked about uh, Veterans Day. There was just loves and likes on that one, which is greatly appreciated. One comment on the most recent episode. Gerald String says, Tank for Trevor, never. Skull. Yep, and that was loved by Mark Carlson. Yep, he says, we're not tanking for Trevor. Well, that's completely over. It's over and done. Done and dusted, as they say in Australia, and probably also in New Zealand. Done and dusted. Yep, I was saying thank you to all the veterans, past and present, for all you have done for this country. We wouldn't be here without you. God bless each and every one of you. And with that, I will give the veterans a moment of silence. God bless each and every one of you. And uh, those of you that might be interested, check out the Freedom of Thought podcast now on iTunes as well. It's not quite on Google yet, I don't think, but it might be because Google has like a crawl search program. That's how they pop up on there. You don't actually submit it to it. I submitted to iHeart as well and TuneIn. It's on TuneIn for sure. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It might be on iPod. Uh, PodMN does the same thing where it kind of searches. We'll see if it's on there. I don't know yet, maybe. But uh, Google and Google and PodMN are probably the slowest that way, but they'll be there. Uh, the Vikings released guard Pat Elfline. They released him. Third-round pick who was a very good center in his rookie year. He then got injured, came back late the next year, was not real good, and hasn't been good since, and he's gone. Sad. They released Pat Elfline before they released Drew Samia. That's kind of funny. And there it was, the Amazon Music, now part of the show, part of the show for Purple Mafia and the others. Uh, mostly likes there, no comment and a share. Thank you very much. The in-game thread, Bears versus the Vikings, the Bits and the Rhinos. And every comment is relevant, you son of a gun. Most relevant. Most relevant. Why would I be mean like that? So I was not interactive again for personal reasons, just but uh, obviously was able to keep up. Mark Carlson says, that is how we start the second half. CP for a Bears touchdown. That makes me mad. And he was, Fred McCarthy was saying they all picked Minnesota to win. And he was like, hmm, like, are you serious? Cook is struggling. Come on, Cousins. Yeah, that's because the, and he, uh, Cousins did help out in the end. Mark Carlson says, I swear we could put this Bears team down. Wow, Rudolph. Run, run, Rudolph, right? <laughs> uh, Leland out of Iowa says, figured it would be a low-scoring defensive battle. Mike Dale, New York area, says, special teams, ugh. Cordero Patterson throws up in the mouth a little. Yep, he hated that, and I don't blame him. He says, hmm, fumble recovery. That was right after that. That was nice. That was one of the big moments there. Big fumble recovery, which gave the Vikings an opportunity there. I think we only got a field goal out of that one, which is kind of sad. Mark Carlson says, just home after a meeting tonight. Got the game on now. School. Yep, so he was obviously late to the party, which is totally fine. That's how that goes sometimes. Dave Vicky out of Iowa says, I'm not able to watch the game tonight. I'm working but from updates in my phone, are they trying to give away another game or what? And they were. They were, but they didn't. And l- lately, it's the freaking turnovers that kept the game close. It should have been a blowout. Skull three in a row from Brett McCarthy. And yes, it was. Jefferson from Mark Carlson there. Nice defense. Vikings two minutes left. Skull muff punt. That was the big one. Yep. Danae Brown, New Zealand, says recent history against us in this one. But I have faith we can get the win here. Yep. Uh, pass interference for uh, Roger Imboden. Yep, 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 yep. Steve Jablinski says, Skull Vikings with purple hearts. That was cool. Jesse Ball says, Kirk has to come up big. If he comes out like he's known to do in primetime, I'm going to personally find him and do take some of his millions back. And yeah, that was a thing for a minute there, we thought. But no. Mark Carlson is saying the Bears are weird. 
Yep. And Leland says, well, that's a monkey off Cousins' back, and it sure was. It sure was. Kirk back, Kurt back from uh, White Bear Lake says, uh, what did he say? He said, Skull Vikes, if I remember correctly. I think that's what it said. Yes, go Vikes. Okay. Let's get to the post game. And they're all relevant again, you son of a gun. I should all say that. And, yeah, it's showing everything. Just got to open it up a little better. Mike Dale, the New York area, again, says, Eric Wilson, uh, the pros, Eric Wilson, Hitman Harry, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen's left hand in the first quarter and hands in the fourth. Cons, Adam Thielen's hands in quarter two and three. Yep, special teams again. Fumble recovery by the punt team and Dan Bailey. Got, uh, get passing marks, but my God, they have been Keystone Cops overall. The past few weeks, pathetic. The defense played great again. However, the Bears' offense is absolutely woeful, so again, I don't know how much credence we, we can take from their splendid performance. Special teams, yeah, really, though. <laughs> really, and we'll see what happens with Dallas now, too. Special teams nearly gave the game away, but going into Soldier Field and getting a win is always a rare tweet. treat. Pardon me. We might actually finish the season with around a 500 mark, but this doesn't bode well for drafting Kirk Cousins' able replacement. There's that. Credit where it's due. Despite throwing that interception, that really wasn't his fault. Kirk was pretty solid, uh, considering Dalvin was pretty much held in check by a good run defense. That said, even in prime time, every dog has his day. The problem is, too many of Kirk's dog days usually end up as trips to the proverbial vet kennel. <laughs> and leaving with a, with a cone around his neck, yup, due to his own doing. However, a three-game winning streak all against divisional opponents, I'll take that any time. And that's, yeah, it's really big. That's big. Star candidate again. Leland Albertson, Iowa, says. What's going on here? Uh, Bears defense is tough, and their offense is so bad. It was an NFC North battle, that's for sure. Checked all the boxes. Yep, yep, yep. That Bears defense is for real, says Mark Carlson. Also, I was expecting some type of failure to cost the game, and it nearly happened in many ways. Our special teams suck. Yep. Uh, honestly, last week it's blocked punts, and this week it's kick return coverage. What's it going to be next week? Jeff Jefferson for Targington Award. And yes, he did get it. Good call there, Mark. And Mike Dale responds. He says, truth, but thankfully their offense is seemingly at Division Two collegiate level of cluelessness. They have to be the most unbalanced team in the league when looking at both sides of the ball. And it's funny how you have an offensive coach and the offense is bad, but I don't know. Sometimes it's the coach and the GM with that one. We'll see what happens, how things go there. Kurt Back, Lakeville says, oh no, this is Dave. Uh, Kurt Back is responding to him. Uh, Dave Hickey, Iowa says, I just watched some minimal highlights and it looked like a defensive battle, but Adam Thielen with two touchdowns and Jefferson over 100 yards receiving, so that so what gives? That would have been an interesting watch. Too bad I can't. Another nail-biter. Seems to be like every other Vikings game. At least we came out with the winning side this time. So take that. Michelle Parsons. Skull. <laughs> Must be a Packer fan, huh? Um, third back says, Our special teams was horrible. Dave says, That's too bad. I thought through most of the season they've been decent with the Penn State gunner causing turnovers. I'd butcher his name if I tried to spell it. Bailey. Could be better, but it seems all kickers are getting yips lately and it seems to be PATs that are getting missed more than ever that one was a high snap or was it, I uh, can't remember, I think that was a low snap when he actually missed that kick and it was a high snap the week before and he still got it, the low snaps are really tough Kurt responds with, yeah, Austin Cutting missed a snap in the last two games, that's what it was yep, the last two games 
Jesse Ball says, Patterson tried to beat us. I missed that guy. Yeah, off for kick returning for sure. Uh, Mike Dale says, yeah, as a kick returner, he was always lethal. A guy that big with the king of breakaway speed. That Well, that kind of breakaway speed. Too bad he never learned how to run a proper pass route. However, when they kept lining him in the backfield and taking direct north-south handoffs, I knew the Bears were completely out of ideas, just throwing everything at the wall, hoping something slash anything would stick. Well said there. Gerald String, Nebraska, says, Come on now, everyone. All at once in unison here. <laughs> v, v, all, we all go. Come on, guys. All Vaughn's already. What happened here? Ah, uh, one, ah, uh, two. Uh, always saying a one and a two and a V all go. Did you vike that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think we viked it for that game anyway. Defensive game. Glad to see Thielen and Jefferson step up and Kurt back says woohoo. That's good. Okay, thank you guys so much for your replies and your interaction. It's always greatly, greatly appreciated on this show. You, you keep me coming to it and you keep it fun. Thank you so much, uh, Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Great, great, great call. And you uh, you nailed that thing right to the wall. I mean, 100%. He, I mean, it doesn't really get better than that, honestly. So, with that said, the gold star for this episode, it should probably go to Mad Martin with the way he nailed that thing. He just nailed it. Uh, Tanae and Mike Dale will share the silver star for this episode. Bronze star. Boy, uh, it's tough. Uh We'll go with Leland and Mark Carlson. Awesome, awesome interactions on this one. Thank you guys so much for your ongoing conversation and keeping things coming. And it's been fun. It's been a fun week. Obviously, it was a, it's been a fun run the past month here, I guess, because you had the bye week mixed in as well. It's been good. It's been solid. Hopefully, we can keep it up. Hopefully, I can get the lawn cleanups done in the next couple of days here because it's starting to warm up again. Not today, but the next day. It's starting to get prettier, at least. It's not cloudy anymore, so we can have some energy again, which is crucial in this time of year because there's such a limited sunlight as it is. Hopefully the Vikings can take care of business versus Dallas, and if we don't, that would be, boy, I don't know. Then, we're, then we are stuck in mediocrity, like 7-9, and nine, and we have to trade up to get a, a good quarterback if you can. Uh, hopefully the next uh, Patrick Mahomes or something, but I'm just kidding. Or the guy from Brigham Young University at Wilson. And we could get a, uh, another great quarterback, hopefully. So, so hopefully we can be the ones to, to get one finally uh, at the end of the day. Somebody that slips through a little bit after the first two, the elite two, the third or fourth guy who ends up actually being better than the others. That's what you got to hope for, and I guess that's just the way it is. Hopefully, finally, that does happen. With that said, it's almost Thanksgiving. Looking forward to that. We always do. Uh, hope all of you have a safe and happy week, and we'll be back to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Other than that, though, please do <laughs> please do like and follow the Facebook and Twitter at Purple Mafia Show, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. The, the links will be in the show page. Also for audio submission, just like what uh, Dave Martin did, just simply open up the uh, free voice recording application, which is on every uh, smart device on the planet. Just open it, click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com which I will then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar.com so I'm happy to give them a free plug because they give me a free service with the file, because the file is small if you need a big file converted, there's a, you can subscribe to them so there you go 
Otherwise, at the end of the day, a positive rating is greatly appreciated. If you could do that on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I believe Stitcher does that as well. I had a new one. I'm going to get it really fast here. I didn't realize it right away. Hope I can get this thing to load. There it is. Loadmaster 11. I thought he already wrote one. It looks so familiar, but maybe he updated it. He says, game reviews. I, I could have it mixed up with someone else, though. It was on November the 9th, so not that long ago. Game reviews and previews every week, covering all the Vikings news as well as news from the NFC North and the rest of the league. Episodes include commentary of the games and players, a bit of history and insight, and not only just of the host, but also of the fans and listeners of the show. Very interactive and informative. Recommended. Thank you so much. Loadmaster11, you're going to get a silver star for that. Thank you so much. I, that is so, so helpful when you put these five-star ratings out there. It just it means the world to me, and I appreciate it so much. Anyone else that can do that, uh, please do. It's uh, It only helps the show, makes it more uh, attractive to potential listeners in the future and the present. Other than that, take care, and we'll talk to you in a week.